two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene, from ancient grudge, break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventures piteous overthrows, doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents' rage, which, by their children's end, not could remove, is now the bout hours traffic of our podcast. I was 15 when I saw this movie, and now I've watched it with my 13-year-old daughter. This is PG-13, and today we are discussing Romeo and Juliet. Hello, and welcome to the PG-13 Podcast. I'm Monica Robbins. And I'm Gracie Sanderson. And we are back again on time this time. We are on time, guys. I know it seems impossible, but we are here again. We did it. We We did it. it. And we're so excited to talk about this movie and more movies to come. We have some information before we start the podcast, but first, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PG13 underscore podcast. Right. Um, and there um, we will be posting about the movies that we're watching, and we would love to hear your comments mm-hmm. and your thoughts and your feelings about these movies that we're talking about. Yes. Yes. So um, definitely um, hit us up there. And then our big information is that um, starting on June 14th, which um, will be – um, not the next podcast, but the podcast after, I believe, um, is when we will start our summer movie fest. Yay! Which means we will have a new podcast every week. Right. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Through the summer. Until August 2nd. Yep. So that's both of our summer breaks. And so we're going to be spending our summer breaks Hopefully entertaining ourselves and entertaining you by watching these movies and talking about them every week. We are going to be busy. And hopefully we can do in-between stuff like the host, maybe some Q&As in between. Yeah, like a get-to-know-you session. Get-to-know-you session. Yeah, I think that that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that if we... The summer movie fest is is important in order for us to get through all the movies that we have in this movie box because it is mm-hmm. busting out with movies. We have more than a hundred movies in yeah. our movie box. To quote a famous movie, we're gonna need a bigger box, right? For all of the movies that are in there, and I keep <laughs> adding to it, she keeps which adding is not helping anything. <laughs> but. Um, Hopefully you'll enjoy the summer movie fest, yeah. and I know that we will for sure. We will, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be a lot of work, but we got this. Yes, exactly. So let's get into it now. When I say Romeo and Juliet, Gracie, what comes to mind? Claire Danes. That's right, Claire Danes. Who else? Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Who else? Well, you know, someone else who was involved in that movie who, in some ways, is almost as famous 
His name was William Shakespeare. Really? And that's what this movie is based on. It's based on a play by William Shakespeare called Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And um, that (laughs) was a reenactment of a scene from another movie called Orange County, which is also in the movie box. Yes. But I couldn't pass up a chance to quote it in this scenario because it is so funny and is so applicable to what we're going to talk about today. Because we are going to talk about Romeo and Juliet 1997 version. Um, It was even before Titanic, guys. Yes. This is before, like, his breakout role. Yes. But this has to be one of William Shakespeare's most famous plays. Like, if you've, when I think William Shakespeare, I think Romeo and Juliet. Right. And I think that, like, it's one of those plays that when you're first getting into William Shakespeare, like, this is one of the first ones that you read. Because it is, like, one of the most popular. And I think one of the more easier ones to understand. Um, I'm a person, I grew up reading Shakespeare, like, Mm -hmm. just for fun. And um, a lot of my friends did as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I am well-versed on, like, the language and, like, what he's trying to say. And, of course, like, you learn about it in, Mm -hmm. like, English classes. You get older. Like, you said that you're going to do this, like, your freshman year of high school, right? Yeah, which is so close by, guys. Yes, it's so close. You're getting ready to go there now. So, But you're already be, like, prepped because you've already watched this movie and – we're going to talk about it. I even have the Romeo and Juliet book. Yeah, and we'll read that together. So, mm-hmm. like, by the time that you get into that high school class, you're going to be like, look. I can me, teach this. Yes, let me throw down some information for you. <laughs> because, I mean, I think that I read this book. I've read this book numerous times. Yeah. And I've quoted it numerous times. I saw the play Yeah. Um, at my stepdad's high school where he teaches at. Yeah. And it was 50s version, like they're in the 50s. I still couldn't understand the language. I watched the movie. I couldn't still understand the language. But if probably watch it again, I'll be like, oh, I know what's happening now. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is like you like a lot of people like to take William Shakespeare and kind of like turn around, like make it into something different or modernize mm-hmm. it. And this movie was definitely like that, where it was like a modern setting, but It was using all of the original dialogue from the original play. Yes, which confused me, but that is okay. Yeah. For me, it was like I it was like them talking everyday language to me. Like, you know, and you saw me whilst we were watching the movie. I would turn over and look at her and she would be lip syncing. Because I know like every line of this movie. Because one, read it so much, but two watched this movie so much (laughs) because this movie came out in like the height of like my teenager years and it was like it was like the most phenomenal movie I'd seen when I was 15 Mm -hmm. and of course like this is when I truly fell in love with Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio and it's been a lifelong love that's lasted forever she had a hundred photos of Leonardo DiCaprio only on her door. Yeah, well, it was like on my door and on my wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. But look, it was the 90s. This came out <laughs> in 1996. Okay. Yeah. And I think I said 1997 earlier, but it's 1996. Yeah. And back in my day, 
we'll go there right now. Like it wasn't like everything was on a phone because we didn't even have cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. And we barely had the internet. Like it was just a new thing kind of. Yeah. Like we still had dial up where it made all the strange sounds and you couldn't really find anything on there. So we had magazines and we would go through magazines and we would, (laughs) instead of like, you know, decorating our like TikToks and Instagrams and whatever, we decorated our walls with magazine photos, like photos from magazines. And I, every time I found a photo of Leonardo DiCaprio, I would cut it out and put it on my wall because not only what, of course it was like, like 15, I'm like, oh wow, Leonardo DiCaprio is cute. But also I thought he was just like a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Like, he was a phenomenal actor. And, like, even before this movie came out, he has already been nominated for an Academy Award. Is he an Academy Award winner? He is. He's Academy Award, Award winner, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Did it take him a long time to get that Academy Award? 100%. Didn't he just win it, like, a few years ago? Yeah, like, for The Revenant. He's been nominated for an Academy Award seven times. And wow. won one time. Okay. So I am a person who loves film, has loved film since I was little. And so not only was I appreciative of his good looks, (laughs) but also of his talent. Yes. He was my favorite actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also like he was on a real run. Okay. Like because he had What's Eating Gilbert Grape where Mm -hmm. he got the first nomination. Yeah. Then he does Romeo and Juliet. And then he gets on to Titanic, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> like, and then from there, it was like he was a shooting star, like most famous person in Hollywood because like he was really mm-hmm. making it happen. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's my background on this movie and on this play and all of the experience that I've had with it. But now we're going to go into actual like background that yes. I found about mm-hmm. the movie that was your only background just talking about him no I, I, even though i could go for days <laughs> about my love for leonardo yes. DiCaprio, because look i still love him as an actor and then there's me who is my first this was my first movie watching him in like i this is my first movie i've seen him in you've seen him yeah, i know and just wait till we see titanic <laughs> i mean even i but look we all watch other leonardo DiCaprio movies yeah. And you'll just get blown away, let me tell you. But, like, even his most recent movie, like, Don't Look Up, like, even though, like, it wasn't one of my favorite, one of his films, I still thought he did a good job. I have one question for you. Yeah. Who's better, John Cusack or Leonardo DiCaprio? For acting chops, Leo, hands down. Okay? <laughs> but for, like, um, like a rom-com person, Leonardo DiCaprio is not a rom-com person. He's not the king of the rom-coms. Okay, John Cusack is John Cus- John Cusack rom-com king. Leonardo DiCaprio just all around such a good actor. Got it. Yes. So, um, <laughs> okay, moving forward and not obsessing again over Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so this movie, um was directed by Baz Luhrmann, who's an Australian director. And it is part of what's called the Red Curtain Trilogy. It's the second movie in the Red Curtain Trilogy. Baz Luhrmann made Strictly Ballroom in 1992, which I hear is a wonderful film. I have never seen it myself. So that might be something 
we might want to talk about maybe watching together and like we'll have a podcast where oh this is the first time either of us have seen these movies yes but since this is a trilogy do we have to do all of them i would think so but moulin rouge which is the third movie in the trilogy Mm -hmm. Is also um, in the movie box already. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, we could, right? Like, so we could watch, we've watched Romeo and Juliet. We can pull out Moulin Rouge and do that. And then we could also watch Strictly Ballroom and have that as like a first experience movie for the both of us because I've never seen it. Okay. But um, it was called the Red Curtain Trilogy because it has the same style of directing for all three films. And I know that you even said this film. It's kind of like the way that it's shot and directed is kind of funky. It is because like you can just be normal and there's just like a zoom to another person. I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it has like Baz Luhrmann, especially in these movies. I know for um, Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge, like it has like a where like you're watching a scene and all of a sudden things speed up and mm-hmm. then they slow down and then they speed up and then they slow down. Yeah. So it definitely has like, it's kind of like got a disjointedness to it. Yeah. But I also think that that's kind of um, part of how he wants to tell the story. Yeah. You know, cause it like sets a tone. Mm-hmm. I know that you kind of like, we were watching it. You were kind of like, what is happening? And I'm like, how do you not love every minute of what's happening right now? <laughs> um, but I also like, watching it with you now because it's actually been a while since yeah. i've seen the whole thing was like wow this does feel a little bit like a late 90s fever dream because it's just so all mm-hmm. over the place yeah especially in the beginning mm-hmm. yeah i'm like okay so now there's news and then it cuts to three boys riding in a car yeah what is going on? Right. But Baz Luhrmann said that he approached the film thinking if Shakespeare were alive today, what kind of film would he have made? So apparently Baz Luhrmann feels like this is the film that Shakespeare would have wanted. Just, I'm just putting that out there. That was his inspiration. Okay. Um, But <laughs> I think what will also put it in perspective is when we do watch like Moulin Rouge yeah. Or Strictly Ballroom. And you'll see that it's very much the same style. So it's like Moulin Rouge. It's very much like fast, slow, fast, slow. Like like things are happening. And now – I've seen yeah. Moulin Rouge, but not in like years and years and years. And I don't even think we watched it all the way through, to be honest. No. I think I was like sick one day. I mean like – she's like, let me find a Moulin Rouge. Yeah. But I don't think like we fully paid attention to it. No. So I feel like it could still be a movie box Movie box choice. thing. Anywho. Especially after watching this movie. Yeah. So, um, also, this was the highest grossing live action William Shakespeare adaption. Well, of course it would be, you know, Claire Danes, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, look, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Bruno. Yeah. Like, are we, uh, we going to talk about yeah. it? Yeah. There was a lot of famous people in this movie. Yeah. Um, which we will get into when we talk about characters. But um, it was the highest grossing live action adaption, which I thought was interesting because there's been a lot of live action adaptions of Shakespeare's plays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but I think because 
it was so different mm-hmm. and yeah. it kind of had like a, a modern spin to it. And look, mm-hmm. this thing was advertised on MTV. Like it was the greatest movie ever made. Like when I was 15 yeah. and it was getting ready to come out, like it was, it was on MTV. It was in every teen magazine that you could have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it was hot in the streets. Yeah. And then, um, I remember too, like you, they had like things like in magazines where it's like, oh, Romeo and Juliet postcards are in here. And it's like, well, I ha- now I have to buy this magazine. I'm not going to read it. But I just wanted the postcards. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like they had yeah. a whole bunch of different things. I could see the obsession with Romeo and Juliet, even though I've heard of it. Everyone's heard of Romeo and Juliet. If you haven't heard of it, what's going on? Anywho. Yeah, but like I, the wording of it, I feel like they should have made it in like a 90s yeah. type of wording. I feel like I would have understood it better and liked it better that way. I know, but like, I feel like that was almost like the appeal of it that made it kind of cool. That was the uniqueness of it. Yes, exactly. And I appreciated it. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool. So, um, so anyways, um, moving on through the background, um, the billboards in the movie all had quotes from other Shakespeare plays. Oh. And I could name all of them, but we would be here for a while. Okay. But just next time any of you listeners watch that movie, you'll have to pay attention to the billboards because they're all uh, Shakespeare quotes from a lot of his other plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know if you know this, but at the very beginning of the movie, um, Romeo and Benvolio his cousin are walking yeah. into like a pool hall mm-hmm. and it says uh, globe theater over the top of the entrance. Yeah. And the globe theater is where William Shakespeare did all of his plays. And I think, I think like uh, the beach, you know, like that place where that's like a restaurant. I think that's named after something too. But I'm not I quite think, sure. I think you're right. Yes. Oh, it's like Rosencrantz. Rosencrantz. Which is from Hamlet. Yeah. So, which is William Shakespeare as well. Um, all of the guns were named after swords in this movie because back in William Shakespeare's time, it would have been sword fights instead yeah. of gunfights, but now we're modernizing it. Yes. So um, <clears throat> all of the guns were named after swords. And John Linguizamo, who plays Tybalt, was told that Tybalt's sword style was flamboyant, so he tried to make his gunfighting style like a flamenco dancing style. Oh. He's very, he was very, he put a lot of flair into it. Yeah, flair. Like right from moment one when we see him. Yeah, like the red boot. No. The golden boots. Yeah. He had, Absolutely amazing. Yes. He had the boots, but he was like, you know, twirling it around and like putting it back into the holster, taking it out of the holster, you know? So yeah. um, I think that that is cool. And again, like calling back into the original source yeah. material. Um, also, just a little what if casting, um, Sarah Michelle Geller, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Aaliyah, who was an R&B singer at the time. Kate Winslet. Oh, my goodness. Of Titanic fame. Imagine. And Christina Ricci were all considered for the role of Juliet, but Leonardo DiCaprio fought for Claire Danes to get the part. 
But also, just as much as Leo's star was rising, so was Claire Danes. Like she was coming off of making uh, My So Called Life. She just won an Emmy for mm-hmm. that role. Yeah. And she's an amazing actress too. I, okay. I watched the first episode of My So Called Life because my mom suggested it. I, anywho, but I saw her in this and then I saw her IMDb page. I'm like, she was in My So Called Life? Yeah, she was the lead role. She looks so different. It's like home force all over again. Yeah, it is like that. But she is also, like, I think she's the same caliber as Leo. Yeah. Like, she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Didn't and she I, just, like, come off of, like, a show called Homeland? Yeah, she just wrapped that up, like, a year or two ago or something. I And that was a really good show, too. And she was nominated, like, every year she was on that show for, like, Golden Globes and yeah. Emmys and all of that. Because she's a good actress. So... Good casting, good call Leo for fighting for for the part. Yes. But when they first started filming, they actually didn't get along very well because he said she was too uptight. Then why would you fight for her? Well, because he knew she was a good actress. Yeah. And they both pulled it off. And I think eventually they ended up getting along. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But she was probably a little nervous because this was a big role and it was the first time she had ever done Shakespeare. Yeah. Which is, would be stressful. If I were her, I would be like, oh my God correct like i gotta get this right right leonardo DiCaprio fought for me to get this role right you know like lots lots of pressure yeah so um the other kind of interesting tidbit i found because there was a lot of background on this movie and i'm like i we could be here all day yes and you me and the listeners you know only have so much time in our lives yeah so um the I have two other tidbits okay. that I thought were interesting. So during the filming, hairstylist Al- Aldo Cigaretti mm-hmm. was kidnapped by gang members and held for a $300 ransom, which Baz Luhrmann paid. Which if he hadn't, I'd be a little upset if I were Aldo. Right? Because it's only $300 and you're making like a multi-million dollar film. So we are glad that Aldo was saved and the ransom was paid. Thank you, Baz Luhrmann. And the hair in this movie does look phenomenal. So yes. good job. Thank you, Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Thank you to Aldo and Baz Luhrmann. Um, the other last bit of background that I thought was really interesting was Paul Rudd is in this movie. Yes. Paul Rudd is a national treasure. We love Paul Rudd. He just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. Um, but he plays he played Paris in this movie. Um, and he he was hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio on his last day of shooting, and Leonardo mentioned to Paul Rudd that he was thinking about taking a role in this movie about the Titanic. Titanic. And uh, Paul Rudd, who is an expert on the ship's history because his dad was really into like boating yeah. and stuff like that, um, told him to do it. So without Paul Rudd. We wouldn't have Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. Or maybe we would, but Leonardo DiCaprio got a little extra push from him. Exactly. But I'd still like to give some credit to Paul Rudd. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Because I love Paul Rudd. He's an absolute gem. We love him in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I like him in the Marvel movies. Yes. Have you seen his Marvel movies? I've seen one Marvel movie he was in. Yeah. But I've seen other movies he's been in. Look. There's like he was in Clueless. We all know him. Yeah, Clueless. We love it. Clueless. Yeah, and then there's gonna be some other ones in the movie box, like 
the object of my affection. Um, yes. So Paul Rudd, <laughs> and like the more we can talk about Paul Rudd, the better. And he never ages. You know, he, he looks just, the same. He looks the same in this movie as he does in the Ant Man movies now. You know, <laughs> he's absolutely hilarious. We love you, Paul Rudd. If yeah. you're listening to this, and he's Hit just up. yeah, he's just a sweetheart. Yeah. So, um, so again, I could go on forever, but I'm going to leave the background there. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to characters, which, um, we'll see how interesting of a conversation this is going to be. Yeah. All right. So, um, I think that if we're going to do characters, we should start out with the first two main characters. So let's start out with Romeo. Romeo. What are your thoughts? Everyone knows who Romeo is, right? Yeah. But I'm going to say it. Romeo kind of creepy. I he's, mean. He's kind of creepy? Yeah. Why? He's just it's sneaking up in people's house. He's Oh, well, yes. But that's also <laughs> part. Like, that's. Yeah. I guess that is part of the play. But I guess that does yeah. kind of make him creepy. But look. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's Let's, <laughs> let's do this here. Okay. Because Romeo and Juliet, famous, he so they meet at the party, yes, right, yeah, and she like right at the last minute discovers who he is, yeah, and he discovers who she is, and then like he has to leave the party, yeah, and then he goes and finds her under the balcony. It's like one of the most famous scenes in the whole play, but also, <laughs> who else does that in a movie? Maybe Tony from West Side Story <laughs> because West Side Story was based on Romeo and Juliet. So is he also creepy? Because I know how much you love that movie, both old and new. So, like, is he creepy now? No. Is he creepy now? No. But, yes, also, like, don't go neither Romeo nor Tony. Don't go <laughs> creeping under people's windows at night. Thank you. Yeah. But also, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because in the very beginning of the play or this movie, right, he's like heartbroken over Rosaline. Yeah. And he's sitting there going like, you know, like a brawling love, a loving hate or anything and nothing first great about this whole like Rosaline lady. See how she can quote it? <laughs> yeah. It's like my second language. Like <laughs> what other language do you speak? Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Like your job interview. Yeah. What language do you speak? Shakespeare. Yes, I speak English and Shakespeare. Shakespeare and English. Thank yes. you. But like he so he's like living his whole life for this Rosalind chick and like kind of obsessing over her. Yeah. Right. And then he goes to the party and he sees Juliet and then like tables have turned. Now he's in love with her. And now he's creeping under windows. So like maybe his a little bit like too forward. Yeah. Maybe is a little bit too pushy. And did Tony start heartbroken in that musical? No. No. But, like, I mean, he had other issues, right? He had other issues. Yeah. But anywho. Yes. So, um, so that is something to be said, that mm -hmm. he's, like, he can jump from one to another and then also just be kind of, mm -hmm. like almost kind of obsessive about it. Like, I could see yeah. where maybe that's not the jam. Mm-hmm. And also, it's hard to talk about these characters because they're just, like, so beloved and, like, you can just make anyone mad when yeah. you, what you say about them because everyone knows who Romeo and Juliet is. Right. Anywho. And it's, like, considered, like, one of the 
greatest love stories ever told. Yes. So it's hard to talk about these characters, but like Romeo, like I, he's just like a love person. Like he's a he, hopeless romantic. He's a hopeless romantic, and I love his courage. But like maybe don't kill her brother or uh, cousin. Yeah. Depending maybe, on the movie. Maybe take it down a notch. Maybe not. You know, maybe not. But he was also protecting his best friend. Yeah, his like, look, he was heartbroken, right? Because it was his. Yeah, his best friend had also just been killed. Yes. Yeah. I love Marcusia though. But he's really like jumping into it. Yeah. Right. Like in the original play, mm-hmm. they're thirteen years old. Yes. Like they're your age in the original play. Oh, okay? that makes it very much worse. And again, a different time. People didn't live as long then, and yeah. so like things happened at a much younger age. Yes. What have you? Okay. Okay. Um, and also like marriages arranged things like that. So in the play, the original play in the original setting. Things like that make sense. Yes. Right? That like, oh, meet someone. Okay. Well, we like each other. Okay. Well, like, let's get married. Okay. Well, like, things are going south. What do we do now? Like, let's jump to, like, the worst conclusion ever. Yeah. But um, it seems a little bit out of place. In the 90s. In a 90s setting. Yeah. Because they really went from, like, meeting each other, getting married the next day. And it was kind of like – and then, like, even – in the movie, like her parents are trying to set her up with Paris, which is also in the play, yes. right? But like, she's like what seventeen in this movie? Yeah, something like that. Seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like, so what's the what are we doing? What are, what's the rush right now? Yeah, because in this setting, it doesn't feel like organic, yeah. or you know. Mm-hmm. But also, like, look, that's happened in all of them yeah. because it's the play. And it's, like, kind of iconic. And if you take that away, like, what's the point? Yeah. And I know that there are other places in the world where, like, those things do still happen to, like, younger people. And I'm not, like, dismissing that. But for this movie's purpose, it just didn't feel, like, um, accurate or, like, you know, natural, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Yeah. But, like, so he was really, like. Well, yep, I love you. Like, let's do it. And yeah. even Friar Lawrence is like, dude, weren't you just like crushing on Rosaline like five minutes ago? Yeah. And he's like, also, forget her. Why do we never meet Rosaline? I want to meet Rosaline. And like, maybe he's so obsessed with Juliet because he's trying to get over the heartbreak from Rosaline. I think so. Because it, I think it ends up that Rosaline is in love with someone else. And that's yeah. why it's not working out. So, look. Like, Romeo is just a person who's really in his feelings, and he feels his feelings, and he lets everyone else know what those feelings are. But is that a good thing? Yes. But loving someone, like, a few hours after meeting them? Maybe not. Yeah. But again, that was the whole point of this movie, is that they were so meant to be that they loved each other from, like, first sight. Yeah. Love at first sight. Yeah. Like, when they see each other in that fish tank... I mean, it's over, yeah, man. Fish tank, like they're in a fish tank. I know, but like she's on the one side and he's on the other. Like yeah. it's over, man. Like they're in love. They're in love. It's happening. Yeah. You know? Yay. Yeah. Um. Anywho, Juliet. 
Yeah, Juliet. Played by, oh, sorry. Romeo was played by Leonardo DiCaprio. You couldn't already say, tell. Yeah, we've already said his name enough. And now we have Juliet. Claire Danes. Danes. That's right. Claire Danes. Has she won an Academy Award? No. Okay. But just it, it, like Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. Emmy Award winner. But one day, I'm sure she will. I'm sure. Because, again, she's good. Good. She's good. She's good. Yeah, because remember, like, when even her and, like, Little Women? She was Little Yeah, she played Beth in Little Women. Oh, my God. Yes. I know. She's so good. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Juliet as a character. Yeah. um, She, I think, is supposed to be and does seem, like, a little bit um, naive. I guess in a way, yeah. But it doesn't seem like they let her get out much. Yeah, it, like you know, she lives in a big mansion. Yeah, and I think her parents are a little bit protective of her. Yeah, you know, like the D- gangs, gangs yeah. going on right now. And then, um, you know, and then Julie Juliet is trying to get set up with another guy. Yeah, Paul Red, we love you. Anywho, um. You know, and I feel like, again, she's like, oh, my God, I want to fall in love with Romeo. Whatever guy I see that's cute and is likable, I want to fall in love with him, get married to him so I don't have to get married to this Dave Paris guy. Yeah, who, like, I don't want to be around at all, who dances real funky. Oh, my God, the dance. Yeah, like the, like him in the astronaut outfit. <laughs> I want it. And the I, hand dancing. Paul Red, if you're listening to this, I want to know, was this... Did the director tell you to do that dance, or was that just Paul Rudd? Yeah, but again, also a funny part. <laughs> like it makes him even more endearing. So um, you can't see me right now, but I'm doing it. But the thing is, what's interesting about Juliet too is that, like, she even though she's naive and she's young and she's like, oh man, real crushing hard on Romeo. She mm-hmm. also has a, like a way of, um, kind of st- standing up for herself yeah. sometimes, like. In the scene when they're in the pool together and um, she's talking about like, you know, like you have to swear your love. Like, what would you swear by? And he's like, I swear by the moon. And she's like, swear not by the moon. She's like, that's like an inconstant thing that changes all the time. So you're trying to tell me your love's going to change all the time? Like, never mind. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, even though she's kind of like a quiet person who doesn't seem that experienced, she's also kind of like what are you talking about the moon like get out of here with that thing you know what i mean yeah like she has moments like that mm-hmm. which make me like her a lot woman power yeah yes. yeah and even mm-hmm. like she sticks up to her parents like i'm not gonna marry that guy yeah yeah you know and like she tries to figure out a way to get out of it even but though it doesn't end well it doesn't end well but it's fine yeah I mean, is it fine? Not no. Not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. But for her behalf, for, for her behalf, kind of. Yeah. Well, because it was, it, like, their situation was an impossible situation. It was. Yeah. So. Um, also, how could they not notice the ring on her finger? I know, because she was wearing one, wasn't she? But he yeah. wasn't. But he, was- he, was, he had one on his chain, on yeah. his necklace. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but um, Any- but obviously these two did really like each other. They did really care about each other, and I think had they get, had been given more time to get to know each other, that they would have just fallen in love even more. Would yes. be the hope. 
Woohoo. And hopefully it would have what done what Father Lawrence wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to Father Lawrence right now, played by um, Pete Possewaite, I think is how you say his last name. Um, He, Possewaite, he has been in a million movies. He's, again, great actor. Lots of great actors in this movie. Um, But Father Lawrence was like really close with Romeo. Yes. Um, he was like his confidant person that he went to when he needed advice. And um, when Romeo comes to him, he's like, I want to marry Julia Capulet. Like, let's, can you help me? At first he's like, no, this is not a great idea. But then he's like, well, actually, maybe if we bring these two together, it will end all of the gang violence that's happening between these two families. Like, it will finally bring them together. Yeah. Resolve these issues. But how did he know? They're just going to die in the process. No, well, I don't think he did, but he's the one who tried to tell Juliet, like, look, I'll give you this, like, potion, I guess, for lack of a better word, that will put you to sleep and make you seem like you have passed away, but you haven't. So then that way you two can find, he can come to you, get you, and then you guys can, like, ride off to the sunset together. Yeah. Like, because obviously our plan did not work. Things went south. With Tybalt and Mercutio. Yes. So here's maybe a better way to resolve it. So even though Father Lawrence is very well-intentioned, yeah, he also, like, I guess didn't all – he's almost like Romeo, didn't think things through completely and is just, like, acting on, like, yeah. good intentions and feelings. Mm-hmm. But here's also a little bit of my problem with Father Lawrence. Okay. And again, it's another thing about it being a modernized version. Okay. Is that like in the original play, of course they don't have phones, right? So like yeah. a, sending a letter post haste makes sense. <laughs> but like in this movie, like he's like, let me send Romeo a letter via FedEx overnight to tell him this huge plan. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm going to give him all these details in a letter that I cannot guarantee will get there on time or at all. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then when he finds out the letter has not been delivered, does he then pick up the phone? No. He sends yet another letter post haste. <laughs> yeah. It's like in a modern time, like, Father Lawrence, pick up a phone. Yeah, but the thing is, when we saw Romeo in the little dusty house, did he have a phone? I don't know, but look, it's worth a shot, right? It's worth a shot. Call call a friend and tell them to get over there real quick because things aren't going to plan. Like the kid who saw Juliet in the church and was like, oh no, something's happened to Juliet. I better go tell Romeo. And Father Lawrence looks around and stares at him. Like they both stare at each other for a very long time. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, oh, well, that guy was here. And it's like, no, Father Lawrence, <laughs> stop that kid. Stop that kid. Tell that kid before you go off and do bring it on with Kristen Dunst, please go tell Romeo that Juliet is not dead <laughs> and that he needs to get your poses. <laughs> and wake yeah. her up yeah 
So that is like my only problem with his character. And I know that's what's supposed to happen. And like we all get it. But in this modern setting with all of the ways that he could have communicated with him, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, maybe the way that it doesn't get sense to him is that he's on the phone, but it breaks out. You know? like When is he on the phone? No, I meant... Instead of the letter. Oh, instead of the... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, he's on the phone and then it breaks out. You know, yeah. like the... You know? Like there's an interference in the call. Yeah. Or like maybe he has to call and collect. Yeah. And then like the phone call cuts off before he it, he runs out of time. Because yeah. that's something that would have happened in the 90s. Because we could still... Like people still called people to collect then. Do you even know what that means? Is it one of those like phone booth thingies? Kind of, but you Where could you do it. For, you could do it from any phone, and oh. like because sometimes back in the day you'd have to pay for long distance phone calls. Yeah, and if you didn't want to pay for the call, mm-hmm. you would call someone collect, oh. and you would you would make the other person pay for the phone call, like that you wanted to talk. You're to. like, hold on, I gotta call my rich friend real quick. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to pay for it. So you would get on the phone and you would get on a phone with like an operator or I think it ended up being almost like an answering service. And you would go like, I need to make a collect call. And they'd be like, oh, to who? And you would be like, um, you know, like Gracie Sanderson at this number. And they'd be like, okay, please hold. And they'd put you on hold. And then the other person would come on the line. Like you would come on the line Uh and the answering service would go, hi, I have a collect call from monica robbins uh will you accept the charges and they would only connect the call if you accepted the charges like if you said yes i will pay for this call yeah and if you didn't then you they just hung up the phone (laughs) i don't know i've never had anyone not accept the charges but um that's what a collect call would do okay like in the 90s that would make sense Mm-hmm. for yeah. that to happen mm-hmm. like maybe he doesn't know and like and then, and then i think you only did have a certain amount of time for the call if i remember correctly yeah but i could be wrong listeners telling it because i can't i can't remember okay. but anyways so now that we've discussed all of that um <laughs> okay so that that's father lawrence time for the nurse. The nurse. Let's talk about the nurse. Let's talk about the nurse. She yeah. was played by, um, I'm sorry, let me look here. The nurse was played by Miriam Margulies, another really fine character actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff, I feel too. like I've seen her in something, but I forgot. Yeah, but she's been in a ton of stuff. She's, like, again, a really great character actress, especially, like, yeah, in the 90s. She was, yeah. she's in a lot of things. And, again, as in the play is with this movie, she's the confidant of Juliet. Yeah. And she's kind of like her caretaker, really. Because mm-hmm. Juliet's mom is not like an involved mother. No. Like even in the beginning, like she goes, nurse, let me speak to my daughter alone. And then she like gets scared about being alone with her daughter. And it's like, nurse, come back here. Come back. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't quite know what to do when you're not here. Yes. Um, so really, the nurse is is like Juliet's mother. Yeah, yeah, she's the one who takes care of her, and she's the one who is like, dude, do you know Juliet that Romeo mm-hmm. is a Montague? Yeah, and she's like, oh, I did it. 
But like, <laughs> yeah. um, she also is supportive of the marriage, I think, because she knows that's what's really going to make Juliet happy. Yeah. Even though it makes her nervous. I think she she just wants Juliet to be happy. Yeah. Like, that's her number one And she priority. even talked to, to Romeo and be like, yeah. You like, sure? Yeah. And then she's like, listen, you mess with her, you mess with me kind of attitude. Yes. Which is true. Mm-hmm. But she seems like a a loving person who mm-hmm. cared about yes. Juliet. And too bad she couldn't have been more involved in the plan because I think things would have gone better if she had. Right? You know? She probably would have raced her way to where Romeo was at. Yes. So let's talk about – let's go into um, – Tybalt. 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 P- played by John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Who, big in the 90s and also now making a comeback with Encanto. Encanto. But he was always kind of big throughout the early O's because he was the voice of the sloth in all the Ice Age movies as well. So – um, he's a big voice actor, but then he's also like in, mm-hmm. which I think is also in movie box to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Like he's in the nineties. He was in a lot of really good. Yeah. Cool movies. Except for Mario, Super Mario brothers. Wasn't the best. Okay. But he was Luigi. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but, but that, John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Tybalt. Tibble, we are talking about him right now. We are talking about him right now. We are talking about him. <laughs> I'm trying to... But we do talk about Bruno. Buckles. Anywho. Well, Tibble. So this guy just right out the gate comes out swinging. Yeah. And like he comes out and like you're like, oh. Like when you first <gasps> see him, you're like, oh man. Oh, you man. know? And... He's very like, like this is my family. I'm gonna defend yeah. the pride of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, and he doesn't like. It seems like he's got something going on with Juliet's mom. Yeah, maybe just... they implied that in the movie. Kind of like, during the dance, like when the first opening shots, you see them kissing. Yeah, and then like when he dies, she's like, "I loved him." Kind of thing. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. And I don't. It's giving clueless vibes. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't like that. Recall that so heavy in the, the play itself. So that Maybe might be a flair a that. Lerman has. Yeah. That he added to it. But um, he's just like he's the character who is like he's fiery. He's ready to fight mm-hmm. at any turn. Um, And then he. When he. Romeo goes to the party and he sees Romeo at the party. It's like, that's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you've done the wrong thing and now you got to pay for it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it just what gets Tybalt in trouble and what causes havoc is kind of like his fiery attitude. He's trying to protect his family and Juliet. And that's why he, he tries killing Romeo. Going pew pew, and then accidentally kills Marcuccio. Yeah, he's like, "Oh my goodness!" Right. Oh no. Which I guess you could say is very then hit. Then Tybalt and Romeo aren't so 
dissimilar, yeah. you know, because they're both people who kind of overreact on their feelings. And they probably have more in common. Yeah. I guess that's what I was Than they to say. realize. Yeah. You know? Which I think all of them have more in common than they realize. Like, I feel like this would have been a, like, of course it would have been a totally different thing, but like, if they just had a nice thing, like, a nice chit chat. Chit chat, you know, and be like, hey, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Yeah. Instead of Roman killing him. But I guess that's part of the play. You have to go along with the play. Yeah. Making it boring. Yeah. But still. Yeah. But look, John Leguizamo does an excellent job. Like, he played the hell out of that part. Sorry mm-hmm. to use those words. But, like, I love him my in this movie. My first impression yeah. of Tibble was, oh, my God, he has bad teeth. Oh. Well, my first impression was, oh, man. Like, this guy's got it going on. <laughs> Yeah. So that was my first impression. Mm-hmm. But and he also has like kind of a good relationship, I think, with Baz Lerman because he's also in Moulin Rouge. So when? Yeah. He's he, well, we'll talk about that in that movie because I can't remember his character name off the top of my head right now. Like I don't okay. Toulouse is his name, who was an actual person in Paris uh, back in the Moulin Rouge times. But um he's great okay. in this movie. He's great in that movie. Got it. Um and then he kills Marcuccio, who is played by uh, Harold Perrineau, I believe yeah. is how you say his name. And I've seen him in some other things, but this is probably the biggest thing I've seen him in. Yes. Um, Off the bat, I love Marcuccio. Like, his opening. Yes. And the dancing at, yes. the, at the ball. He's fabulous. Oh, my goodness. Love him so much. Yes. And he made me laugh so hard. From the go. Yeah. He's amazing. Absolutely. And he's another person who just like took this part and ran with it. Even though I couldn't understand what he was saying, I could still feel the vibes. Yeah. Like his most famous speech or monologue is like the Queen Mab one where he's giving in this movie, he's giving Romeo like the pill. Yeah. Um, And he does such a good job mm-hmm. in that and then like when he's dying and he's like a curse on both your houses like it's like you really feel that I'm like oh my goodness i thought i heard him saying mouse plague no he was saying a plague oh yeah he's saying a plague on both your houses i, I thought i said a plague on both your mouses no a plague on both your houses great that's um, what I heard. No, I'm like that's weird. Like he's like he's like you've made worms meat of me. Like because yeah. of your you can't you both can't figure it out. Now here I am. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. When he was just really trying to defend Romeo and he couldn't understand because Romeo he didn't know Romeo had married Juliet and they were in love. Yeah. Why Romeo wasn't fighting back? Mm-hmm. You know, like why aren't you defending yourself? Well, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it for you because you loved Romeo and Romeo loved him because they were besties. Yeah, besties forever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I really, I love Marcuccio in the play, Same. and I love Marcuccio in this movie, and yeah. like him in that white wig and like that outfit. Oh my god, he looks amazing. Amazing, absolutely yes. amazing. Yeah, and like when he's singing "Young Hearts Run Free," that has to be one of my favorite. Yeah, that's a it's a good even though it's a good part. Romeo's tripping out. Yeah, he so is amazing. But yeah, it's a good <laughs> part. But um well 
and we'll just pause here for a second. But that was another thing that was so good about this movie yeah. was the soundtrack. Like it is definitely a full on nineties vibe. Mm-hmm. Like it is like, if you ever like this movie is like a capsule of the late nineties, like in its, in its vibe. And then it also the 100%. Actors. Yeah. And the actors and then in its soundtrack, mm-hmm. but this was the soundtrack was like, it was on the radio. It was like one of the best selling soundtracks at the time. Like I listened to it nonstop. Like it was so good. That kid singing. Yeah. Prince. I'm like, yeah. Oh my goodness. And let's again pause here for a second. <laughs> Were those kids just hanging out in that church all day? I put that in my notes. Like I'm like this <laughs> boys choir is just there whenever they need them. Like first, like <laughs> yeah, he's singing the Prince song. Yeah, and then he's singing "Everybody's Free" again. Yeah, when they get married. But it's like those are two different days, two different times. But they're just like. Oh, you need us? Cool. We're the, everybody's there. We're all we're all still here. <laughs> so even though that boy has a phenomenal voice too. Um, but I just thought that that was kind of an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, yeah. but like um the Prince song, great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have that young hearts run free that Marcuccio lip syncs, and then you have which was one of the biggest songs of the time. Yeah. Love Me by the Cardigans. Say that you love me. Fool me, fool me. Go on and fool me. I mean, it couldn't get any better. Yeah. You know? And then you had Radiohead in there. Mm -hmm. And you had Everclear. I mean, those were, those are huge. Big. So anyways, that was another reason why this movie, again, so good. Yes. Um... So, do you think that we should talk about? I mean, uh, Mario, uh, Mario, Romeo, Romeo had other friends that hung out with him, like um, Benvolio, and they, um, for me, they weren't really that important. Yeah. I do have to say that Benvolio play it was played by Dash Mihok, and I love him. And I wish he was in more things. He was good. He was good, and he's always good in everything that he does. Yes. And I also do want to mention that um, one of uh, Romeo's boys was played by Jamie Kennedy, who, again, was another big actor in the late Mm -hmm. 90s. Like, he was in the Scream movies that you still have yet to watch. I keep telling you I'm going to watch it, and then I just said, no. I know. It's a lot, and that's okay. So, but Jamie Kennedy was big during this time. So this was kind of yeah. cool that he was in the movie then. And then um, there was another guy in it who was another one of his boys or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I didn't write down his name. I just wrote him as the, one of the Mad Men guy because he was in Mad Men. Okay. And so, um, like, it was kind of cool to see him in something else. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those that guys. It's like, oh, hey, it's that guy. And yeah. that's why I guess I didn't mm-hmm. take the time to write down his name yeah. either. But, um so um and we could talk a little bit more about paris um played by paul red but i think we basically we talked about him through the characters yeah like i mean he was just he was there as kind of like he wanted to marry juliet who knows why though like it was it some sort of like business benefit to her parents maybe like he was like he's supposed to be a prince in the in the play, um, I who knows, right? Yeah. Like in this modern setting, we don't really understand what the um, 
real like pull is to yeah. get that done. Mm-hmm. But but look, it's Paul Rudd, and we love to love him. So we love it. That's that's fine. Um, and we could talk about the the parents, but, but I think what we could really just say is like, um. Miss Montague was played by Christina Pickles. Yeah. Of friend. What a name. Yeah. Christina Pickles. And she's what Ross's mom, Ross and Monica's mom on Friends. Or no. Isn't she? Yeah. She's somebody's mom on Friends. Yeah. She's, uh, I thought you were talking about Juliet's mom. I'm like, no. No. Uh, but the other, yeah, Romeo's, Romeo's mom. mom. Yes. Yes. And she was also the mom in The Wedding Singer. Like, she's in a lot of those kinds of movies and like, TV she's shows. She's a lot of moms. Yeah. She's like the mom. Yeah. Christina Pickles, a lot of moms. A lot of moms. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Put that on a shirt. Um, the fathers were both um, pretty big names. Um, Mr. Capulet was Paul Sorvino, mm-hmm. Mira Sorvino's dad, um, who was, she was in uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Union. Um, so, and he's been around since the beginning of time. Um, Mr. Montague was, uh, Brian Dennehy, also huge through the eighties and the nineties. Um, and then, um, Juliet's mom, her name was actually Gloria Capulet. Really? That's her actual name. In the movie? No, in life. No, it wasn't. Yeah. I wrote down Diane Vernora. Oh, you know what? I wrote it down wrong. I wrote down her name twice. Like, I wrote down her character name twice. But I like, think it's funny. Her name's Diane Verona. <laughs> and that's where the play takes place. That's why I got confused. Yeah. But isn't that kind of funny? Yeah. Within itself. Wow, corrections. Right right in the middle of the <sighs> podcast, so guys. so confusing. I wrote it down wrong twice. Anywho. Um, but... So those are the characters. So let's go ahead and move on now um, to favorite part, worst part. Favorite part, worst part. Let's go. Okay. I have two favorite parts. You know, Marcuccio and the big wig. Yes. Lip syncing. Yeah. I forgot what song. Love just Young sang. Hearts Run Free. Yeah. Um, and my ultimate favorite part is when Romeo and Juliet are sneaking around in like the elevator. Um, that one's a really cute part. Yeah, when they first meet each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good choices. Thank you. Yeah, the part with Mer- with Mercutio doing the dance with all the it's people. Like, yeah, I mean that is like just happiness overload. Right. I was yeah. just like smiling the whole time. Yeah, and I remember when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Wow, this is fabulous!" And like, it was <laughs> funny to watch you watch it because your face—you like as soon as he popped up and started dancing, you were like, mouth wide open, like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" <laughs> um, so that those are both good parts. Yeah. I'll tell you, my favorite part <laughs> is when they first see each other through the fish tank. Of course, that's your favorite part because look, like Leonardo DiCaprio is such a good actor that like. You see, like, when she pops up, yeah, you see his face change. Like, you see where mm-hmm. he's kind of, like, yeah. out of it. And then he, she, he sees her, and his face totally changes. And it's, like, he is, like, love at first sight. Like, if you ever want to know what it looks like, that's what it looks like. Yeah. What does love, look, love at first sight look like? Look. My mom would pull out that yeah. scene. Like, here's a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio looking through a fish tank. That's what you get. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. 
okay? Because, like, I'm, like, as soon as he sees her and then she looks at him and they do this little, like, flirty thing through the fish tank, I am on board. Okay? Like, this, I'm on board with this relationship just as much as they are. So, that is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Worst part, I think maybe we could both agree on what the worst part of this movie is. What is the worst part for you? Um, Mercutio says Tybalt dying. Oh. I don't know about you, but that was my worst part. Especially Tybalt. Oh my goodness. Okay. I mean, the part where they both die. Look, there's a lot of bad parts in this movie. Of like, course. that's unfortunate. What What did you say? Well, because look, well, hold on. We'll talk about this part. Yeah. We'll visit your part real quick. So when they die, it that is like one of the worst parts because those are two people who didn't have to die. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if they had listened to Romeo and just kind of like chilled for a bit and like really talked it through, they would have been okay, hopefully. Yeah. Or they would have at least walked away just being mad at each other. Right. Right? But that's not what happened. Yeah. So yes. My for my sorry, my worst part was the very end when like she doesn't wake up on time and then they both end up dying. Oh that's duh. also kind of like the worstest part. And let me tell you, like <laughs> yeah, I'm I haven't seen the original 1979 version. I think it was 1979, the original one came out. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. But like watching this one where like He's given his like little soliloquy over her, and then her hand starts to move, and then he's like looking up, and her eyes open up, and it's like if she could have just talked, right? Oh my god, they would both if she still be alive. If she would have been like Romeo, right? If she would have just been like, but like just one moment too late and then he Uh takes the poison and then like she's just so overcome with grief that she decides to end her life too like that's like the saddest yeah and then like i the detail in that part too because like look they both acted that part like crazy (laughs) yeah like i remember seeing this part of the movie and just being a mess like I'm bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like, I had to take a moment in the credits to, like, put myself back together because it's an awful thing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, also, like, the part where he's, like, talking to her before she wakes up and he puts the ring on her finger and it still has the chain that he had it on. And then when she wakes up and, like, she puts her hand to her face and you still see, like, the ring and the chains hanging off of it. And it's, like, like she doesn't even realize it's there because she's so upset. And, like, that kills me. <laughs> it's just the worst. Yeah. So, and it's, like, again, two people that didn't have to die. Like, if they'd just, if Father Lawrence would have called somebody, if she would have just woken up two seconds earlier, like, it's just, it's the, it's a lot, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. And the thing is, I'm more of a musical person. You should have seen me when I was watching the new West Side Story. Oh, my goodness. I know, you were messing with his story. But it wasn't mess. You weren't a mess in this one. I was like, and I was like sitting there going like, "Well, like she's not crying. I'm not gonna cry. Like I'm just sitting there trying to hold back the tears." Yeah. I was like watering, 
in my eyes, like not going to do it this time, you know? Yeah. But, um, and plus I've seen it a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't understand the language. So I was very confused. And to me, I'm like, oh, I mean, they're saying all the things. Oh my God. Romeo, it's like a cut of little stars. Yeah. Right. I know. So that was like the worst part of the movie, but also so well acted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, what, I know you said you had a hard time with the language, but I did still want to know yeah. what your favorite quote would be. Um, my favorite quote, I think, yeah. My favorite quote was um, from Romeo. And it was, but soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It's the east and Juliet is the sun. Oh, that's nice. That's a good one. It's a famous one. Thank you. Yeah. I like it. And again, it's part of that balcony scene. Laura said it was creepy, but yeah. I didn't realize it when I wrote it down. Right. Um, my favorite quote, I have a bunch of Of course you do. When I was this age, I used to have a notebook where I would put my favorite quotes mm-hmm. in it. Like I would collect quotes yeah. from all sorts of different things and I would just write them down in this book. It's like a collection. And I mean half of it was you like still Romeo have it? and Juliet somewhere. Yeah. I have a couple. I had a couple of notebooks full of quotes. Oh my god! Because yeah, <laughs> um, but see, that was the '90s. Because yeah. now I still like to collect quotes, but I do it like on a Pinterest page instead of like on a paper. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. the difference. It just went from one thing to another. But this, so I have a whole lot, and I like the moon quote that yeah. we talked about before. But my ultimate favorite quote yeah. is. And when I shall die, cut him out into little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun. Mm-hmm. And I actually performed that in my English class my sophomore year of high school like an absolute nerd. So, um, <laughs> there, like there you go. What project? I don't know. My English teacher in my sophomore year of high school, he was really cool, but he always had us like pick, like he had us pick a song and act it out. Pick your favorite quote and present it to the class. Yeah. And and I think we were reading it as Shakespeare. Yeah. Something or other. And I think maybe that's why he said like pick your favorite Shakespeare thing yeah. and show it or like say it for the class. Yeah. And this was the one I did. Like other people are like, you know, doing like all well that ends well and like you know a midsummer night dream and i'm over here like and he shall make the face of heaven (laughs) so fine you know like yeah okay anyways like look high school wasn't my best time and then i'm up in here in history telling my history teacher every day can we watch hamilton at the end of the year (laughs) yes well hamilton's your romeo and juliet yes but like what's a story yeah but i can't watch that yet no i mean i can't but like yeah school you know so let's go into if this movie were made today. So we don't own mom's opinions on that. Our mom's opinions. Well, I think if this movie were made today, and look, they've already remade this movie already. We they've talked already about remade it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like with Haley Seinfeld was in it, and and to be honest, I didn't see it. Yeah. I kind of just was like, look, I've already had my Romeo and Juliet. I don't need another one. But um, so like we're talking about today, today though. Yeah. Because that was like back into like 2013, you said? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that maybe I'd put it back in its actual time period. Why? And I also, 
or 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 I put it in a modern time period. I might still use the Shakespeare language, but I make everybody older. Maybe. You know? That that's what I did when yeah. in my recast. Either back to the time period or older. Yeah. And that, and that's what I did in my recast. So let's go recast. Recast. We're just talking away on this one. I thought this was going to be a short pod, but it's turned out to be a long pod. Okay. Romeo. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Nice. Especially with the long hair he has right now. Okay. Like the curly brown hair. Really sure. cute on him. Can see it. Hey, it's name. Um, I picked Nick Robinson. Who is Simon in Love, Simon? Ooh. Like when we were think- when I was talking about recast, like look, you and me, let's just say it now. You and me both said, of course, the first person who comes to mind, Timothy t- Chalamet. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. But we were like, we can't do it. We can't. We can't. We talk about him every time. <laughs> yeah. We cast him and stuff every time. We got to give him. A and break. we're even talking about him right now. I know, but um. That's the second person who popped up in my head. Like when I thought mm-hmm. of Romeo, I kept thinking of Love Simon, and I was like, "That guy, that's the guy." I actually had, um, because I was looking at um, Timothy Chalamet's thing. I went to Little Woman, and then it automatically knew who I was gonna cast for Juliet. Okay, who was it? Florence Pugh. <gasps> oh, good, good call. Right? Yeah, I like her. Thanks. She would be great. I picked Caitlin Deaver again. I talked like about her. Said every time, not every time, but I did last time. You did last time, but I picked her again because she's very like Claire Danes esque. Claire Danes. That's right. I almost Claire showed Beanie Feldstein. Really? I said no. Yeah, I'm her. I'm. She's my arch nemesis right now. Right, because she took your funny girl role. And it's not even that good right now. And I heard her no. saying, like, well, we don't know man. that because we haven't seen it. But anywho, um, Tibble, <laughs> go. Tibble, oh my goodness. Stephanie Beatrice. Okay. I switched roles. Mercutio and Tibble are both girls. Oh, okay. Well, that's a cool spin on it. And then I realized what I, very ironic because Stephanie Beatrice and Stephanie Beatrice, yeah, is in Encanto. Yeah. And he's also an Encanto. Yeah. And then I realized, oh my god, she's playing his role. Wow. I like her, though. Yeah, she's, she's really good. good. And then I just think of Rosa, and I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah. I picked Christian Navarro, who was in 13 Reasons Why, and he played kind of that same similar character yeah. in that show, so I just automatically thought of him when I thought of Tybalt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a younger yeah, like version. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Mercutio? Uh, well, honestly, in the middle of recording this, I forgot to cast oh. Mercutio, and so I was looking on my phone while we were talking, yeah. and then I just chose quickest person I could find. Okay, and, and it was Jessica Darrow, who Jessica was also in a condo. <laughs> she oh, plays she Louisa. Louisa, yeah, cool. Yeah, she's good. I like her. Yeah. I picked Miles Heiser, who was in also who was in Thirteen Reasons Why, mm-hmm. and you know he might have also been in Love Simon, um, but he was in Parenthood. He played um, Lauren Graham's son in Parenthood. Oh, 
I know who you're yeah. talking about. And he's a really good, like, dramatic actor. So I picked him. And yeah. I don't, you don't see him in very much, but I feel like he could really take off. Yeah. Yeah. How about Father Lawrence? Paul Bettany. Ooh, that's a good choice. Thank you. I could see it. Thanks. I picked Ralph Fiennes, who played Voldemort in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I'll speak up. I thought he would be great. Um, and he was also in Schindler's List, which is another thing we got to put in the movie box. It's, this is a tough one, but man, is he a good actor. Anyway, um, <laughs> Paris. Charlie Gillespie. Of course, you picked Charlie Gillespie every time. I talked about him last time. <laughs> well, I know, but we've we've talked about him quite a bit. We've talked Almost about just him. as much as Timothy Chalamet. I took a, quite a break from him because I got mad that Julian Fenton's got canceled. Yeah, but now said, now he's back. Back again. Back in the recasting. He's back. Um, I picked Jordan Fisher. Of course, you chose Jordan Fisher. I know because look, I love him. I know it's true, but I thought like he's got also like that Paul Rudd vibe to him. Yeah, like I could see him doing the hand dancing. Um, what about the nurse? Helena Bonham. Helena Bonham Carter. Bonham Carter. I could see that. She played Beatrix in Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Uh, she married Tim Burton. Just found that out. Yeah, and she is in Cinderella with Lily James. Yeah, she's look. We could go on for days about her because yeah. she's been in a million things. Yeah, um, and also a great actress. Um, I picked Natasha Rothwell, who I've also mentioned before as well. She was in Insecure with Issa Rae. We all know how much I love her. Um, but You're like that's my way around of mentioning Issa Rae. <laughs> yeah, well, but also Natasha Rothwell in herself is amazing. So yeah, um, like I love her all over the place. Yes. So um, that is who I picked for the nurse. Cool. Yeah. And I don't think that we are going to go through any of the other um, characters to recast because, again, main. we could be here all night. Um, so let's then move on. And also, good choices. I mean, this Thank is you. hard. Good choices. Yeah, it was a hard one to recast. Yeah. Um, would you show this to your kids? I would. But I would make them, like, read it first and, like, understand it before pushing them into it because I was very confused because I haven't read the feel book. Like I, do you feel like I pushed you into it? No. The movie box is the one that chose. I, the movie box pushed me into it. Movie box, I, you're on my list. But I, I understand how you feel. And next time. Yeah. Or, you know, we're going to spend some time talking about it. Right? Yeah. So now it's just more of a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's fine. And I can talk to them about it if you show it to your kids. And you're like, look, I'm just going to hand you over to grandma. And she's going to start quoting stuff and tell you what it means. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, What's your G-rated review? I'm going to give it three and a half. Okay. And why three and a half? Um, all in all, it was good. Um, it's Romeo and Juliet, of course, and, you know, um, it kind of set a basis for one of my favorite musicals, and, like, I had to give it a star for that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, second of all, the reason why it got three and a half stars is because of the language. Again, I keep saying it's confusing, but that's kind of the reason why. Yes, but you'll get used to it. I'll get used to it. I'll watch it again. I'll probably yeah. love it and sob my eyes out. Yeah, and especially, like, if you're going to do it in school, too, like, you're going to, like, analyze 
the crap out of it. You're just going to see me in the back of class, like, with tissues. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be like this. My mom was right. My mom was correct. My mom was right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Well, good. Well, okay, let's go ahead and do movie box then. Movie box. We're going to pick the next movie. And, again, this movie is going to come out. Not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. And then the Tuesday after that is when we start our summer movie fest. Okay. coming up soon. Ooh, what did we get? Ooh, ooh. Duet. Duets. Oh, my gosh. This might be one where we actually have to have a guest on our pod. <gasps> our first guest. Who? And it might have to be Brian. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we might have to be Brian. We might have to introduce Brian to the podcast world. Yes. Because Brian loves duets. Okay. We're yeah. going to have to tell him. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to have a family movie night watching duets. Yes. Cool. cool. Our, the duets, again, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Of course. Paul Giamatti's in it. Andre Brower <gasps> is in it. And Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis in the News also okay. in it. So it's a pretty interesting movie. We'll yeah. see if you like it. Okay. But um, so definitely join us for duets yeah. next time. A glooming peace this morning with it brings. The sun for sorrow will not show his head. Go hence and have more talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned and some shall be punished for never has there been a story of more woe of this of julian romeo and remember when it comes to movies listen to thy mother, mother.